Get ready for your daily dose of marketing strategies and tactics from entrepreneurs with the guile and experience to help you find success in any marketing capacity. You're listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. All right, Marketing School listeners have a special message from our sponsor, DreamHost. If you want to rank higher on Google, you want to make sure your website loads super fast. Check out DreamHost. Not only is their solution super affordable, it'll make your website load faster and they have amazing tools and support for your business to ensure that you grow and succeed. All right, it's time for another episode of Marketing School. I'm your host, Eric Sue, And I'm Neil Patel. And today we're going to talk about how to write amazing blog posts. So Neil, what's the story behind this? Why would we even want to write amazing blog posts in the first place? In general with marketing, if you can educate and provide a lot of free information out there, it doesn't matter if you're in the B2B category or the B2C category, people will see your website and find you or the company as an expert in the field. When people see someone as an expert, they read their information, they love it, what do they do? They usually tell their friends about it. They can either tell them over the phone, in person, email. They could even share it on the social web, Facebook, Twitter, etc., Or they'll be like, wow, this company offers such amazing information. I wonder what their paid product or service is like, which causes them to end up signing up for your product or service. We did this at Kissmetrics. Number one way we generated signups, blogging. For a consulting company, number one way we generated signups, blogging, or technically clients at that point. Number one way we generated signups for Crazy Egg, blogging. And it's not just us. Other people are experiencing the same thing. Look at HubSpot. Look at Moz. All examples of companies who are leveraging awesome content in order to generate more sales. There's a really good post on this by Tomas Tungus, who is a venture capitalist at Redpoint Ventures. And he does a lot of blogging and he is also very good with statistics. So he knows how to program in R, which is a statistical programming language. And he showed the compounding effects of content marketing over time. So this is basically the effect of blog posts. And you can see... If any of you are familiar with the the concept of compounding interest, basically you see over time that as you continue to blog, it continues to stack up over time. So search for uh, Redpoint Ventures compounding content marketing through Google, and you should be able to find it. Um, and then basically his blog post, the reason why they're quote unquote amazing is because he has these statistical graphs in them. They're short and to the point, and he gets a lot of visits to it. I looked at the domain authority of his, uh, just his blog, it's a personal blog, and I believe it's either 60 or 70, which is extremely high. And you just have to have one thing that stands out when, when you're writing you know, great blog posts, because there's a lot, especially let's just say you're in the internet marketing space, there's a lot of people out there, they're copying, they're doing the same thing over and over, and it's basically an echo chamber. The reason why, let's just say you look at Neil's blog post, why they stand out, or you look at Kiss Metrics, why they stand out, is because more often than not, they're, they're long form blog posts and there's, they're backed by data. Every single claim is linking to something and sometimes they're backed up by infographics and basically they can serve as a canonical resource out there. Back in the old day, you know, companies like eHow out there, they were just generating a lot of content for content's sake. They're paying you pennies on a dollar for content um, just to write three to 500 word articles and those would rank really well. In today's day and age, that just doesn't work anymore. So, you know, when you need to write, when you're trying to write an amazing blog post, you need to do something that stands out, whether it's something that's long form or you have something, you're showing something unique, perhaps a video or, you know, statistical graphs like what uh, Tomas Tungus is, is showing. eHow was also a really prime example of what you shouldn't do. So Google ended up releasing an algorithm update called Panda and what Panda does is it stops blog posts that just suck or content that sucks from ranking. 
I remember one day I was installing a bidet in my house in uh, Las Vegas and I was trying to figure out, all right, how to install a bidet because I didn't want to pay someone to install. I was like, how hard could it be? I Googled it. I found an eHow article and guess what? That article had the title related to how to install a bidet, but it only discussed what a bidet was. And I'm like, this article is shit. Why does it even rank for this keyword? And I was upset and hey, after that point in my life, I've never been to eHow again. Even from Google, I won't click on an eHow article. Yeah, and I think what you need to do, I mean, think about from your perspective, what are the blogs that you really enjoy visiting? I'll give you another example. If you visit waitbutwhy.com, these are super long, in-depth articles and this guy draws stick figures and it's, it's pretty funny. So there's, there's humor involved, they're long form articles and the stick figures actually look pretty well done. Uh, Wait But Why, he actually wrote an article with him uh, interviewing Elon Musk and I, I think it was, you know, a couple, maybe, I think all in, maybe it was like a 15,000 word or 20,000 word project, but it was broken down into sections. So that's something that's amazing, that's something that stands out and if you think about it, you know, companies like uh, Wikipedia out there, they rank really well because they're constantly writing long form posts and people are upgrading them over time um, and that, that's what you want to do. So, I mean, you know, long form is something that, that, that can do well. I think, you know, when, whenever you're trying to rank for something, you can also look for, you know, the, the keyword that you're trying to rank for perhaps or the, the type of title that you're searching for. Search Google, look at what's out there, look at the top three results, look at what elements you can copy from each one and then make it into your own. You can definitely mix it up. Um, you, I, don't, I don't think you're, you know, don't copy things word for word, but if you can just pull elements that you like, eventually you're going to be able to make a recipe for success for whatever you're trying to do. When it comes to writing really good content, there's a few things to keep in mind. Number one, write in a conversational tone. So use the words you or I. Think about a college lecture. I know when I was in college and the professor would just talk at the classroom, you know what everyone was doing? Sleeping or on their phone or daydreaming. But the moment it's created, the professor created a conversation, people paid attention. The same goes with your blog content. Think of this introduction. Instead of saying, here's how you can get more search traffic, follow these steps, you should do something like, wouldn't it be nice if you can get more search traffic without paying a dollar for advertising? And after you write that sentence, you can transition to something like, um, I know I would love it. I never started with a lot of money when I created my first website. So why wouldn't you want search traffic, especially if you can generate it for free, right? And then you can do a question mark. In essence, you're engaging the audience. You're creating a conversation. And then from there, you can keep going. All right, now that we've all uh, agreed that free content's better than paying for content, let's go into how you can generate more search traffic. Here are seven ways to skyrocket your search engine traffic over the next 30 days. And then you can go into it. I know that wasn't fully smooth, but off the cuff, I'm trying to create an introductory paragraph for a random topic. Nonetheless, the point that I'm trying to make is write in a conversational tone. Once you do that, you would then want to get into the body Think of like, you know, when you're in elementary school, the professor has you write introduction, body, and then conclusion. The body should break out the main points that you're trying to prove using subheadings. This way people can skim your content and understand what they're going to get. Each paragraph shouldn't be more than five or six lines. Sometimes it'll be more, sometimes it'll be less. In addition to that, you then want to wrap everything up with a conclusion. The conclusion should be to the point summarize the whole article and end it with a question, right? So the last statement within your blog post should be a question. The reason you do a question is it engages people, it increases the chance of getting more comments. But that's how I typically structure a blog post. And when I go through the whole process, I have the headline, 
then I create the introduction, I outline the body, then I write the conclusion, and then I fill in the body, then I publish it. When I'm doing this, the one thing to keep in mind is don't forget the conclusion because people are known, and I have a company called Crazy Egg, so I have a lot of data on this. People go to a blog post, they scroll all the way to the bottom, read the conclusion, if they like it, they scroll back up. We've been seeing this trend for years, it hasn't changed, so make sure you don't forget to write a conclusion. Neil kind of alluded to something that I really like doing inside of. If you're using WordPress blog, this especially helps. I like having checklists for people to execute on because once you have a process nailed down, you hand it off to people on your team, your editorial staff, your writers as well, and you have a checklist. So in WordPress, I believe the plugin is called the WP Blog Checklist. Um, and in there, you can put um, certain criteria that you want for your blog post. So for example, it might be each post must be 3,000 words or more. Kudos for 5,000 words. The second item on the list might be every single claim must be backed up by a link or a case study. That way, everything you know, you're claiming in there is being shown by, backed up by research or data because people like data. The more statistics you have, the better, right? And we like having a unique image for each blog post as well. So we use a service called Design Pickle where we pay $370 a month. And basically, we can make unlimited uh, images out there. Neil uses uh, stock images, and I, I think you know he he pays how much? How much you pay per month? I think I pay like a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks a month for Photolia. There you go. So it's super cheap for him. I mean, and he writes a lot more. Um, and I, I believe there's also a site that I have right now. I, I think we paid for an AppSumo deal. Uh, for Stock Unlimited, and it's basically, I, th I think we paid $49 for lifetime access. I don't know if it's still there, but you can check it out, Stock Unlimited. But the idea is we want to make sure that we have at least one blog post in there. Go ahead, Neil. And as you're writing, check out a website called HemingwayApp.com. That's H-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y-A-P-P.com. As you're writing your headlines, your titles, your paragraphs, your conclusion, etc., it rates your quality of writing from like a scale of zero to whatever. It will say good or great or poor or whatever it may be. And it'll highlight the areas that you need to improve and it'll tell you what's wrong. So that way your content sounds a lot better. Plus when people read it, they'll enjoy it too because it's, it'll help teach you how to write in a way that not just educates, but can also guide people through, follow the steps and make them convert eventually into a paying customer or client. Yeah. So once you have these, you have certain criteria for yourself, it's going to be unique for each and every single person. But once you have that established, hand it off, create that checklist, use a plugin like, uh, you know, WP blog checklist, and you can just check things off. Your, your staff can do that. And then that way you have an actual process and you're not just kind of shooting in the dark anymore. So with that being said, that's enough from today's article. Join us today for, not article, today's podcast. podcast. Uh, and we'll see you in tomorrow's episode of Marketing School. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best daily content possible. We'll see you in class tomorrow right here on Marketing School.